Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Uh, fortunately, uh, despite promises, no Lavender Gooms this week. Unexpected uh, events have occurred, a little bit of real life, but uh, don't worry, he's okay. So um, we should have Mike back next week. And, and to keep up with his tradition, today is National Sports Day. And the little icon on the website I had had a lady with boxing gloves. So I was like, oh, combat sports right in the center there. This is a sport. And barely. Yeah. And when you're listening to this, it's National Beach Day. So isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to have a hundred and seven degree temperature here in a couple of days. So maybe we need to go to the beach. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, we're not far. No. Bay Area represent. All right, guys. Um, there was no UFC fights this past weekend, but. I watched a whole ass different MMA promotion. I watched the entire card. Mark watched the main event. Mm-hmm. When you Just have, bigger. when you have arguably, if the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, top two or three greatest champion the UFC's ever had in your organization, you get some attention from us. So we're going to talk a little bit about one championship. Obviously, we're talking about Mighty Mouse Johnson. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit. We'll talk about some news we got going on. Um, you know things besides Bobby Knuckles going in the wrong, going in the opposite direction you'd expect in terms of weight class. Um, We'll talk about that. Um, And yeah, um, some weird news regarding Vitor Belfort will be sprinkled in for you. We'll make our picks for uh, this weekend's UFC fight night. France, Paris, this is it, right? This is the first time. Um, Yeah, I think Bellator has gone there, but not UFC yet. I think Bellator fought sent MVP out there when he. Mm-hmm. F- I think the MVP might have beaten Lima there. I think or no no they sent him to fight the wrestler and then the wrestler just grappled him for five rounds. It was brilliant max matchmaking when Logan Storley just took down uh, MVP at will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was legalized in 2020. Um, so and the UFC is sending out Cyril Gon who is straight up from there. Like born there, uh, born in La Roche-sur-Yon, France, which is you know somewhere in the west of France. Apparently, uh, we're gonna talk about that. Make our picks for the main event and the co-main event. You honestly thought they would maybe send a better card to France, Marcus? Um, but as we get closer to picking this thing a little bit, I'll check and see. I'm thinking maybe these dudes or they might have just got There's anybody, gotta be a couple, somebody yeah, from there. You know, I think I, I told you last week, I think they sent John McDessie because he trains in Montreal and they're like, fuck it, close enough. Um, mm-hmm. Some French Canadian. Yeah, he'll see. He'll speak the language. Charles Jordan. I mean, his last name is Jordan, right? He's Canadian mm-hmm. also, but that name is Jordan. He must be French. Um, sure. All right. Um, one championship, Marcus. Let's get uh, mm-hmm. let's get the business out of the way first. The, uh, the, the in the cage business first. Demetrius Johnson was taking on Adriano Moraes, a gentleman who saw, who uh, handed him. His first ever career KO loss. Um, it was about a year ago in April when they fought. Yeah. 
Mighty Mouse uh, won uh, the Grand Prix previously, won three fights in mm -hmm. about six, seven months. Fought Adriana Moraes. I was watching. It was on TNT. It was right after AEW. Um, That's right. And that whole TNT experiment was terrible. And it really kicked off with uh, Mighty Mouse getting kneed in the face on the ground, getting knocked out. Uh, I think the whole world, or at least MMA hardcore fans, not whole world, learned that Adriana Moraes is a real fighter. They ran it back here, Marcus. Uh, what a fight, huh, man? Just a really entertaining fight. Well, what'd you see out there? Yeah, I mean, to preference all of this, I think it's important to realize that the weight class is 10 pounds heavier than what he was fighting at in, at the UFC. And I do find that to be somewhat ironic because most of my kind of deflection of, of giving him as much props is that I never felt he was challenged. At 125, he kind of, and besides Henry, who, who beat him by a split decision, but it was not like a super dominant, like he got like, you know, it's not like we thought DJ was old or was, you know, lacking in skill. It was just he, he a guy found a way to exploit some of his weaknesses, which is, you know, getting him on the ground and grinding out some rounds to get a decision that wasn't super impressive um, in the, you know, in what we saw, but it was to beat that guy. It was impressive. The, the act of who he defeated using that style, but it wasn't like we thought DJ was less of a fighter. He just ran into someone that stylistically had a good game plan, was able to capitalize when he goes to one FC. Now he's fighting all these one thirty fivers, which is the whole time in the UFC. I was like, I really wanted him to fight Dominic or Cody or TJ at 35, you know, TJJ come down to one twenty five after the fact. And he got knocked out by Henry, but that all being said in the first fight, it was, very apparent just how much bigger Maurice was and was able to kind of control and manhandle DJ to an extent. And then this fight too, you saw a lot of that in the early rounds when they got clinched up. Maurice was not only so much bigger, he was so much taller, I think on a couple of occasions when they were in the clinch and DJ went for a high knee to the head. He was able to scoop it up and take him down pretty easily. Um, what DJ did great when he did get to the ground is he worked a lot from the bottom. He cut him with an elbow in the first round. He made Marais work a lot, and I think it obviously tired him out, and DJ didn't look any worse for wear throughout this entire fight. He didn't look gassed. He didn't look like he took a hit. I mean, he did. He, he actually got um, question mark kicked, I think, in the second round. It looked like it stunned him quite a bit. But visually, didn't have any bruises, didn't have any scrapes. He looked like he had a clear mind throughout but it did become very apparent. I think it was in the third round. It was the second or the third round. DJ shot in clean double, basically had his knees buckled, and he could not finish the takedown because Maurice was so much bigger, was so much heavier. He could just kind of just sprawl out on him and completely negated him being able to take him down. So at that point, it turned to a stand-up match, which is, you know, again, with a bigger fighter who's very capable on the feet that hurt him earlier on standing, seemed like it was also going to be a difficult, you know, avenue for him to, you know, kind of trudge along. But he did, you know, and he did such a great job switching stances, using his feints, keeping Marace on the outside, cutting off corners. He did a lot of good things in the standup and ultimately caught him in, it was the fourth round, right, Bob? Yeah, it was fourth round, about four minutes into the uh, round with yeah. beautiful and it was ending. Yeah, and it was off of switching a stance, right? He was in, I think, southpaw, and he kind of faked a uh, a front kick and then switched. I think he switched to, to orthodox, hit him with a great overhand right, which rattled him, and then finished it off with, you know, the chef's kiss where he got a big knee, very reminiscent to the, the same kind of technique he lost to. Now, when DJ lost, he was more on the ground. Um, and I think Maurice, you know, even according to like a UFC rules, would have still been 
legal to hit him with that knee. But, you know, shut the show down. And, I mean, a walk-off KO. He hit him with that knee. And before, I think, most of the crowd realized and before the ref. What a fantastic performance. What a finish for him. Mark, a little hiccup there. Um, but yeah, I think what you yeah. said was uh, at the end there, uh, with uh, before anybody realized what happened, the other dude was done. Yeah, and Mighty Mouse, was walk, yeah. Mighty Mouse walked past the referee coming to stop it. Like Mighty Mouse was already walking away yeah. from him. Um, he knew. Yeah. Um, the weight stuff in one is real interesting. Because they have the thing where you're not allowed to dehydrate yourself too much to cut weight, which mm -hmm. is why all their weight glasses are like moved up. Like it's 135, but it's called flyweight because you could only, mm -hmm. you can't dehydrate yourself. But then again, they're just making this up as they go and everything they're saying is complete bullshit. And every card, there's uh, Marace didn't make weight and failed the hydration test, but then somehow lost half a pound, made weight and passed the hydration test. And everybody's just real quick. How, 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 how did he then, how did he lose more weight? You know, while, you know, his hydration test was passed. So yeah, whatever. I, mean, I think. Those are the right things to do, but it doesn't seem they're like they're not maybe doing it. They're not doing it correctly, right? They also that, say they also one FC just says I, I'm gonna keep calling them one FC, which I stand for the fact that that was a better name because oh, they just won. They're just one. Now? Okay, it's just okay. one championship. Um, but like the whole everything that comes out of their promoter's mouth is nonsense. It's a promoter, you know, just because it's not Dana White, mm -hmm. we can't assume this guy's telling the truth. They all lie. Scotty Coker lies. This guy lies. Dana White lies. But he's like, oh, we've solved weight cutting and. Um, I think they tried to bullshit people that said they had some sort of drug testing, which they they don't drug test mm -hmm. anybody at all in one championship. They, my dude Ali Ak my dude Amir Ali Akbari is banned from all international competitions for life for the amount of mm -hmm. doping he's done. Got a home at one. Um but yeah, I uh I kind of missed watching I know you weren't the biggest DJ fan, Marcus, uh, when he was in the UFC. Mm -hmm. A lot of it because he wasn't Mighty Mouse will give you. Mighty Mouse will finish a fight if you give him an opening, but he's not going to put himself in a position that like I might yeah. lose. He's not going to do what Kamara Usman did a couple weeks ago. Let's put it that way. That's the worst case scenario. To be fair, the onus was ne isn't should never be on the champions to really push the action and finish. But there was just there was a lot of fights where I, as a viewer, got disencouraged from because it was just like I can kind of tell like DJ is clearly better than this guy. And we didn't, we didn't even really have fun work. until the end of his way of his reign, right? That was when he started doing the fun stuff where he would throw dude yeah. in the air and catch him in the arm bar and the, all that stuff. The great and, Borg. I mean, yeah, he had moments of brilliance when he finished fight. And I mean, look, and he was an extremely capable fighter, but that's why most of my criticism came from like his fights, not really producing the, the type of finishes that I want the kind of action. And also his hesitancy to go up to 135. And this is why I think it's kind of ironic that he's like only fighting 35ers that are, I mean, Honestly, so much bigger than him. I can. I now have a better understanding of why he was so hesitant to do that. Well, but his hesitation was, I need dance. money. He's like, if you want yeah. me to, if you want to book a super fight with me and the champion, uh, you need to pay me like it's a super fight. Right. And the UFC balked at that. That was. I don't think it was necessarily just the size thing. The man was a like he was a world title contender at 135. It was okay. Well, I you can't pay me the same amount of money for this as, as I'm doing now. I think that was some of it with him too. Um, they they didn't know what to do. I I honestly felt, man, for a guy who had like eleven title defenses, they never. Maybe he wasn't promotable, which I still refuse to believe anybody's not promotable. I think you can find the right audience mm -hmm. for anybody. They just don't didn't know what to do with him. I felt the entire time. Um, and this just seems like a better fit for him anyway. Um, but yeah, big win for him, man. And I I'm excited to see a third time. Right, if they want to book this a third time, I'm fucking in. Like, I mean, that's yeah, the biggest fight they, they can do. Both, 
Yeah, they were both fantastic fights. So, I mean, I think that's maybe a bigger takeaway and something that hopefully people, more people watch this fight will start to realize is like these other organizations are legit just because you're not the UFC does not mean that there is not talent outside of this organization. I mean, obviously we talk about PFL, we talk about some of the guys at Bellator, Mm -hmm. but it's very easy to get into the mindset that, you know, anything that's not UFC basically means the guys just aren't of quality. And we've seen time and time again, one of C has a lot of really great talent that doesn't get a lot of recognition and they're only getting some of it because they've brought in some of the high caliber more popular to be honest, but high caliber fighters from the UFC and they haven't all done great. Sage Northcutt has not fought again since he fought uh, in one of seeing that kickboxing. Now, Cosmos What's Eddie doing? Like, obliterated him. And Eddie has been struggling a lot, right? He's had a lot of, I think he's had a couple losses. Um, and again, you know, maybe not at the top of his game at the top. You know, I think age has played a little bit of a factor there. But we've seen, you know, DJ now, you know, ran up against someone that was able to best him. And now he came back. And I think it really legitimized his skill set. And when he really puts everything together, he is one of the top talents in the world. Um, and for me, it was just like, you know, I wish we would have seen these types of performances where he was pushed. He was really, cause he was challenged in this fight. It wasn't just like he was losing rounds. Like this guy was bigger, stronger, and really made him have to utilize all of his skill set. And when we saw him really switching stances, the stuff he was doing on his feet was really next level. So that's what really, I think you know, elevated yeah, his game. I like that. I like legacy. seeing that. I like, I like, I like, I like watching the way he fights. Cause I really feel, with Mighty Mouse, he he's mixing all the martial arts. Like, he's doing... He's very much, it seems like... He said it himself sometimes that he's kind of like the joy... Like, Matt Hume is out there. Like, he's like Matt Hume with the joystick. It's like Mighty Mouse, right? Like, and Matt mm. Hume can't corner him in one. Did you know that? No. Like, his yeah, thing. He's, like, he's, he's part of one champion. Yeah, he makes the so rules. He or is he like the rules regulator or yeah, something? Yeah, because I, I looked in his corner. I was like, oh, I don't see Hume. And then you do see him cage side. And I guess, you know, he's some official or, I mean, I don't know exactly what he does there, but. That's a big deal. Yeah. Like, I said, I know Mighty Mouse has been fighting mm-hmm. for, since he was, you know, since 2007, but it's a big deal. Like, that is his, like, that is his dude. He only trains with mm-hmm. like, two dudes. Like, that's one of them. Um, well, now he's in Arizona, too. I think that was a big thing. Was, like, him training with Henry and, a little bit. He trained yeah. with Henry Cejudo. That was. That was pretty cool. I I uh, I saw the thing where like uh, you know Henry FaceTimed him after the the thing. Mm-hmm. After I heard thing. about that. Yeah, I I enjoy Henry Zahudo when he's not playing the character. I'll be honest. In general, I just it's a very it's, it. There's a thing about the sport sometimes, Marcus, where I'm like, you think me, the guy who likes pro wrestling, wouldn't be so annoyed with this? But like, he's such a good fighter, Henry Zahudo. Like, he's such a talented athlete, combat sports wise. Like. That Triple C nickname is clunky, but motherfucker held two UFC titles and an Olympic gold medal. Like, but we got to know him for being a fucking schmuck on, you know, cringy and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That I mean, gimmick- I think also it's like he's been very invested in the sport while he's been away. He's been taking a lot of people under his wing. And look, at I ratted on him because like he hasn't produced a lot of champions under his belt besides Figueroa, right? Um, and he's had a couple chances, but like it's just cool that he is invested enough in this sport still, even though he's technically, you know, quote unquote retired that he's still like, he's taking these people and being like, you know, come train with me. And I, I don't know if he's like setting them up, you know, how much, if he's helping them financially with that kind of stuff, or if it's just like, he's going to host a training camp for you, but he's very invested in a lot of fighters. And I think that's I was trying cool. to remember the name of his team. What's his name's a good coach too. He seems like a fucking jerk off the with his outfit. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 
Captain Eric over there. It, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, look, you might not like the character, but like he some of these guys need to do something to kind of get themselves in the spotlight because unfortunately just getting wins doesn't always do it. It, now, it, just, it just kind of feels like sometimes when they're playing a character rather than like you like I look at Henry Zahudo yeah. sometimes. I'm like, I don't think you're like this, man. That's why what's his name is such for such a like a piece of crap to me because uh, he plays this psychopath. He said some shit this week, too. Uh, Sean Strickland. Yeah, that schmuck. Like he says, oh, he's like a borderline playing half a fucking skinhead character with his weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I can tell you're not really like this. Like it's like same with Colby. I've seen the Colby interviews out of character. The Colby might believe right. him. His own shit. I don't know. Like when they put on a front. Like, look, man. When Quentin Jackson acted like Quentin Jackson, at least I was like, okay, well, this is just what Rampage is like. It seems like, like this is who he is. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I've gone way off topic here. Um. I want to talk a minute and uh, any other the other fights that were on this thing. Uh, that, that, man, it, there was seven finishes in nine fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I only saw. I turned it on for the main card, um, and uh, I think I saw a few hours of this. I thought there was more stuff on this card. Maybe they were showing old stuff. Um, I really enjoyed everything I saw. I had a really good time. It helped that the first guy I saw was Amir Ali Akbari, the pride of Iran. And all the, mm-hmm. and you know, he got cut from the UFC <laughs> without having a fight because he signed with the UFC and then shortly got banned from all international competition. So they mm-hmm. thought that'd be a problem with athletic commissions. I, I really enjoyed everything one did out here though, man. I thought their production value looked amazing. I like that they're doing so much different stuff. Like I know you've been on this because you follow them on YouTube, but they got Muay Thai champions, kickboxing champions, and now they're introducing grappling champions. With this, uh, they have this guy they mentioned, um, this Italian kid, Michael Mukasese or something. Mm-hmm. And it just looked amazing, his highlights. And I I, ta- I, I use this example um, when I talk about PFL or Bellator, anybody trying to be different. And I always give credit to where I heard it, which is Eric Bischoff, who famously ran a wrestling promotion opposite the WWE in the late 90s and was able to win. Like he was able to be ahead of them. He lost. Ultimately, they went tits up out of business. But they were able to be the number one promotion for a year at least there. And he said that my entire theory was I'm never going to be out WWE, the WWE. I'm always going to be viewed as a lesser product. So I have to do something entirely different, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. when Bellator falls into a lot is that it feels like I'm watching lesser UFC a lot of times. Um, And I Feel that less in PFL, and I don't feel that at all with these guys. Like, I don't, I feels like a totally different concept to me, and I really, it, like, it really gets my attention when it's totally different, you know? I think it's, I think they can mm-hmm. really carve out a niche for themselves here as, like, no, we do everything. Like, you know, we got MMA, we got kickboxing, we got grappling, we're doing all that shit, you know? And if they can put it on at this time, which was... Friday night, uh, 5 p.m. our time, 8 p.m. Eastern, which mm-hmm. was ballpark. I think it was like 8 a. It was like 8 a.m. or so in Singapore, which kind of rough for the local crowd. But they don't have to do that every time. But if they're able to do this and they really want to, they're doing it on Amazon, which it what they could have made it easier to find. I'll be honest, but stream quality was beautiful. Everything was great there. You know, no hiccups at all on that stuff. I think there's a real opportunity for them to do something here, man. What do you th- what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have been 
watching one for a while and I've really enjoyed, yeah, like kickboxing. I think it is interesting how they're mixing things together. I could imagine if the grappling matches aren't super exciting, how it could kind of not get people interested in that. I think that's the one thing that could maybe not resonate to a Western audience as much. I mean, I do like we've talked about before. I don't think Friday is a great night necessarily because people, you know, tend to go out and have plans, although that's changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. So I don't really know, you know, I don't know what the ratings are going to be like, but, or like, you know, what the viewership is, but we've talked a lot about how ESPN is just loved having UFC because it's a live content thing. And I don't, as far as I know, does Amazon have any other kind of live sporting events, like a golf thing or something? Oh, bro, this is, Amazon went all in and paid a ton of money for NFL rights. They get a game every week oh, now. Okay. They're paid. They okay. paid. They paid for the most famous play-by-play guy in the country, the guy who was calling Monday Night Football all those years and then called on okay. NBC. They paid him. So Amazon's coming with the sports. And what I found interesting is, you know who's definitely kept an eye on what's going on here was the UFC. Because come mm-hmm. TV rights time, uh, there's another player in the game, bro. For all we know, this is Amazon just being like, um, not to make a wrestling equivalent, but remember when like TNN or Spike TV had ECW and they just wanted mm-hmm. to see if wrestling would work on their network? So sure. then they fucking came for WWE. This might be, I, I guarantee you Amazon makes a play for WWE, or, or UFC at the end of the ESPN deal. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, they have more money than God. You know, right. you get Amazon involved, you get maybe if like, who else if like, I don't know if Google's going to want to be an MMA thing, but I know Google's getting into the live content too. They already own YouTube TV. They wanted to go after the NFL. Like, this is going to be good for everybody. More money, hopefully, with someone get to the fighter. But um, this is all really good for them. Um, I, I would like it, I'd like it easier to find it. That'd be nice. They kept telling me to watch that Stallone movie anytime I... Uh, like I was trying to, I was oh, trying to, superhero yeah, one. I was trying to like point American my people, like, like my brother, I text my brother that an Iranian dude is fighting. He's like, how do I watch this? And he's just like, where the fuck do I find this on this app, man? And I'm like, oh, it's called one. Um, this name, by the way, Marcus, do you see the name of this show? What the, what no. the name of this event was? No. No. One on prime video one. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you know what, do you know what the next one's called? Because it's facing on it's, it's, video too. Oh no, not just that. It. Because it's the trilogy fight with Zhang versus Angela Lee. Okay. One on Prime Video Two, Zhang v Lee three. They gotta, <laughs> they we got gotta awesome. do something about this, bro. We gotta do something about. This. Also, let me just call it one on Prime. The word video isn't really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I know that's the name of the service, but and by the way, they're doing this as I mentioned just now. They're doing this next in, at the end of September. Um, with the, the probably their most famous homegrown gr- fighter, I think. I remember mm-hmm. Angela Lee had like articles on like ESPN and like GQ, like was it GQ or some other like real publications. Yeah, she's a big deal because she's also like twenty four still. Well, she's mm-hmm. twenty six now, but I mean, I also read that they have like a sixty. Like her, her brother is one of the other champions, I think, or he's up there. Christian Lee, he's one of the other okay. contenders. Mm-hmm. They have a younger sibling who's like sixteen who just competed in one. The whole Lee family, bro, is coming. There's coming to, bat- to combat the Dagestanis on one end. We have the Lees versus the entire, you know, region of Dagestan. I, I'm, um, I honestly have everything positive to say. I know some people noted that they pulled Michael Chavello because when he was on right. T, I don't know pull, but he was the TNT commentator, mm-hmm. and he wasn't on this. And they had, um, I think the guy's name was 
Brent Stover, I think? I want to say. Um, so, I hope that was his name. I think that's his name. Um, I hope. Brent Stover. There we go. God bless. I'm not making stuff up. He's from CBS. More of a traditional voice. No accent. Um, I'm bringing that up because I'm wondering if that was part of the reason here. And I know you're a big Chevello fan, Marcus. I like Chevello too. I think he can be a little divisive for people. I think his style. Like, I like it. You like it. But he really gets into it. And I remember, like, yeah. he's, I mean, he led off the one, the first one on TNT by saying, the biggest night in the history of our sport. And I'm just like, Mike, bro, let's just, let's pump that brakes. But he did, he did, uh, he was the, like, what was his role you compared him to? Um, Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas. He kind of came in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, was, he only went to him once in the fourth round. They asked him. And the, I only saw the main event. So maybe. He was, they were often. using him a lot in the kickboxing ones, I felt. Because I felt he was mm-hmm. more equipped in the kickboxing ones. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where he uh, really cut his teeth was, you know, commentating for kickboxing. I've always liked him because he not only, he's very enthusiastic, right? Like mm. he's very energetic and excitable. But he also, I think, describes and explains why he's excited and why because some there have been times where it's like i'm watching a fucking great match on ufc or whatever and they're kind of like oh this is this is kind of a slug and it's like you're not realizing what's going on in front of you because like you're so caught up in like the notes that people are giving you in your head Mm -hmm. or having the smooth broadcast or going to your ad read like you're missing out on like this fight's fucking fantastic and you're not describing it to you're doing a disservice yeah, exactly. So, so and the I fighters think that's what to us, to everybody, quite doesn't frankly. do is that like he he not only does, especially when it comes to striking, he's extremely good at you know describing what's going on. When it comes to grappling, he's not quite as you know skilled, but like he'll let you know like why the techniques they're throwing are effective or crazy or you know whatever the case may be. What's going on? I think he's really good. At that. But yeah, I mean, you know, he always de- does say like good night. Uh, sure. Oh, is it Charlene? Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I like his, I, 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 I like his gimmick. I, I'm a fan, but I recognize that some people may not like. Yeah. Like, also, sure. I think it's tough to have to be the play-by-play guy with an accent in this country. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. You don't. Really you don't really see it in me, other but... sports. I, I you and I don't care. I mean, also, like, I mm-hmm. watch soccer, and it's all people with an English accent. But then again, I'm watching soccer, and I know what I'm watching. I think that's mm-hmm. tough for some people. Maybe I remember, like, be... even people with like, Canadian accents get it. Like, get some like. People aren't necessarily all about it, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe that was a one-time thing. They are going to be back at the end of the month. I'm going to watch. I'm going to say right now, they got me to watch for sure. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I just came across a really bad story. Uh, Reggie, Bar- Reggie Barnett Jr., BKFC's interim bandwagon champion, has been declared a missing slash endangered person by the police in Virginia. Uh... Last contact with his family was Sunday and mentioned concerns for his family and mental health due to vague threats of suicide. So, yeah, not to widely change, take the show in a different direction, but hopefully he's okay, man. Hopefully. I he, don't know who that is, though. Yeah, he's their interim champion. Are they kind of holding the belt in the missing persons picture? Oh, Just for inter- what? BK, BKFC. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, hopefully also that's also had an event this week. Yeah, I mean, let's transition to that. But hopefully, um, they find Mr. Barnett and everything's okay, man. You know, yeah, for hopefully him and his family. Pull off some steam or something, but um, yeah. Apparently, uh, John Dodson's a goddamn savant when it comes to bare knuckle, Mark. That's what I'm like hearing everywhere. 
Um, yeah, I saw bits and pieces. Not, I didn't get to see the whole event, but yeah, that's also what I heard is he uh, fought uh, Ryan uh, Barnett and did really good. Is it Benoit? And is it Benoit? He spells ben, it like Benoit. Uh, you, you, he spells it like Benoit. Well, he spells was, it like Benoit. Do they call him Benoit? Yeah, no, I think it is. I think okay. it is. I don't because I've heard Benoit as a name before. I've heard that as a mm-hmm. name too, so I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't trust my if he's, if he's French Canadian. He's Benoit. If not, yeah, we'll go Benoit. Let's go with Benoit. Um, but you know, Dodson had a great debut. You know, I mean, this was also Benoit's first fight in bare knuckle as well so it's hard to get a great measuring stick and benoit has been having a rough string i think this was four losses in a row including his his stint in the ufc um but you know I, we've seen him fight in the ufc and i've always been pretty impressed with his, but you know bare knuckle is a whole different game so yeah good on dotson yeah dotson the man for a while was the closest to unseating uh, mighty mouse he's so fast too apparently he's still fast as fuck they're saying still very fast. How is BKFC paying for this? They did a show like a week ago, bro. Yeah, I don't. I mean, everyone that's transitioned over has said that the pay's really good. You know, um, fairly open contracts. Do they let them do whatever else as well? So I don't know. It, it's hard to imagine that the pay per views are selling super. Because like, 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 I don't want to call. Some, I don't want to call something a money laundering operation. But like, there's some times where I'm wondering some of these promotions where I'm like, how are how are we all paying for this? Like, what, 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 what's the money here? I mean, if the fighter's getting paid well, then it's yeah, like, as long oh, as the check don't, your money, they, say, they say they pay well. The word is they pay well. The checks don't bounce. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah. A um, little bit of news. We also saw Bobby Knuckles talking about going to 205. I know. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about him in a sec, too. But. I wonder if I'm ever going to hate anything as much as Bobby Knuckles hates cutting weight, Mark. Because, like, he didn't seem like a big welterweight either when he was at welterweight. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and he just said, "Fuck this, I'm not cutting weight anymore." Um, because I don't, I don't, I, if I had to guess how much he weighs, Mark, I would say this man's walking around at maybe 200 pounds, maybe 205. Actually, walking around weight. What do you? Yeah. Think? So, like, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, it it could honestly just be like, look, he's not he has no interest in going back to 170 and I, and I don't blame him. You and know, he's getting he's older. Just, Why would you want to do it? Older? It, it gets, it only gets tougher to, to cut that weight. And it could be like, well, Izzy's the champ. I've had two shots at him. What am I doing in this division? I'm not going to get a third shot. I don't know if he believes that he can't beat Izzy, but it could just be like, you know, if I'm going to stay in this game, I need to believe that I could still win a belt. And if 170 is out of the picture and 185 doesn't look promising for him, maybe he just feels like 205 is really his only option, which would be unfortunate. What, man, what are That's people saying about weight class? Honestly, not sorry to cut you off there, but what about, uh, two weeks ago, Kamar Usman was saying he's going up to 205. And now we got this dude saying he's going to go up to 205. Do you think it's just circumstance or do you think they see something like, hey, man, we got a guy out there who's champion who maybe can't grapple that well. Or he's fighting an old guy, or I don't know. Do they see a division in turnover, or do you think this is just best for their career? They both think, you know. Let me look at because the Kamara well, one was I, out of nowhere. I well, thought. I don't, I don't take much heed in that one at all. He also okay. wanted to fight Canelo. Like he says a lot of shit. That's not. Yeah, man, man was really feeling happen. himself before he got kicked across the face sure, by Leona. Sure, <laughs> I mean, and rightfully so. We were everyone was gassing him up. As for like why, I, and I think in both cases they have similar situations right like Usman was the king at 170 so I was like well how long am I gonna put around here and just get defenses you know that all changed obviously 
And then he didn't have any interest in fighting Izzy because they, you know, they have a, a brothership there. So he was like, "Well, if I'm going to become a double champion, I might have to do something drastic, like go to 205." But I feel, yeah, when you look at who the previous champion was, you know, a Glover Teixeira at 40 years old, that's interesting. And you know, Yuri did not look good in his last fight, um, and obviously has some holes in the grappling. So I think with Usman for sure, he could be like, "Oh, well." Even if I'm giving up a lot of weight, I'm sure I could muscle this guy down to the ground and dominate him there. With Whitaker, it's probably like he feels, you know, Yuri uh, is a different type of striker than Izzy. Maybe he has a chance there. But there, there is some new talent coming up in 205 as well. So it's oh, not yeah. going to be a cakewalk. It doesn't I mean, seem like a dead seeing... zone anymore. It seems like there's a lot no. of young talent. Every weight class has got this fleet of young talent coming. Every single one. Yeah. Um, except women's 145 because it's not a real weight class. But all the other yeah. ones, um, mm-hmm. they all have a fleet of women or men and women coming up. So anyway, um, also, I do think Whitaker maybe might want to wait until November 12th to see. I mean, in fairness, not that I'm picking uh, Pajeda to beat Izzy, but he did it twice already. Um, just saying. Um, there mm-hmm. might be a chance there. Um Anyway, um, I like I, I I saw that um, people are actually giving more criticism. Everybody's having everybody had the same reaction to that uh, Lee Jing Lang versus Tony Ferguson fight booking, mm-hmm, yeah. which everybody's like, "The fuck is this?" And I saw like an article today how like Lee Jing Lang um, was defending the fight. I'm like, "That's not his job." Why are we asking him this question? When none of the, anybody asking him this question, none of you had the balls to ask the UFC that question, huh? Mm-hmm. Like I want someone to go to the press conference, raise their fucking hand, and ask Dana White, or better yet, if it's not Dana White, what's a uh, dude running the stuff? Uh, Sean Shelby, or mm-hmm. whoever's running that division, Mike McMaynard. Hey, this guy. Hey, I'm Bobby from It's Amazing. This guy's lost four in a row. He just got front kicked to the face, knocked out. This fight, you you he you booked this fight on three weeks' notice against a guy who hits like a truck, okay, and like isn't a big star. So like, even if somehow Tony pulls this off, he's gonna get no bounce off of it, you know, none. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they put, it seems like they put it together too because they're like, we all know UFC two seventy nine isn't selling tickets because yeah. those of us who are part of Team Diaz here aren't necessarily in favor of tr- of going to Las Vegas to watch, to watch our guy get executed, right? So they throws these fights on there. It's not Lee Jing Lang to ju- justify this, man. If I'm Lee Jing Lang, I'm, ju- I'm jumping on this shit, right, Mark? Like, it's a big, di- he's a guy's a big star in Tony, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an opportunity for Lee to get the biggest name win of his career. I can't tell you the biggest name win of Lee's career. I have no idea. Uh, I know he's won a bunch of fights, though, but this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But they're like, I don't know. I, I really thought they put him in an unfortunate position. Like, why the fuck is it his job? To justify this. He didn't book it. It's the UFC. They just mailed him a fucking contract. You know, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Not to spoil this, but I'm not picking Tony Ferguson. Just telling you right now. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I mean, again, like, he didn't look bad in the Chandler fight. But when you look at Lee, it's like he's moving up in weight. So there's going to be a discrepancy just, there. And I feel he just lost, too. And, that and Lee. Ago? What, uh, Lee? Well, no, Tony. How long ago did Tony lose? Didn't Tony, seem that he lost long ago. to Chandler, and it, yeah, I don't think it was. It was it was a bit ago, but it wasn't like you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a year ago or anything like that. Like he had a, a lot of time to recover. But Lee's also very durable, right? So it's like I, I, honestly, like on paper, I think this is going to be a good scrap because you know Lee's not like an unhittable ghost out there. Like I think Tony's going to be able to find 
hands on him. I think it's going to be a tough, gritty fight, but it's hard to not pick the guy that has less wear and tear on him, that has shown to be very durable, that he's in his natural weight class. There's just a lot of things going against Tony, but Lee also hasn't fought in the caliber or hasn't been fighting the caliber that Tony has. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are very upset about it and I completely understand. And I'm definitely of the, you know, fan base that kind of thinks like, you know, maybe Tony should hang it up before, you know, serious damage is done. But on paper, I also do feel like this is kind of an intriguing fight. I'm interested. No, to yeah, see it's it, going to but... be fun. Watch, I guess. Um, yeah, Lee just came off of like, he bounced back from getting cams added. Cause that was rough. Yeah. That was and he really, came back, he got, and then they gave him another hammer to fight in Muslim Salikov, yeah. and he beat yeah, him. And he won. Yeah, that was surprising. I'm looking at the last four fights for Lee. These dudes are all hammers. Neil, I mean, Neil doesn't hit, I mean, hammer in the sense he's a tough fighter. Neil, yeah. fucking Ponzinibbio, Kamzat, and Muslim Salikov. These are just, is this just a gift? I don't like a gift. He's not going to win for sure. But like, it almost feels like they're like, let's give this man someone people know. <laughs> well, least. yeah, it's, he's been finding a lot of very difficult fighters that don't have any name value whatsoever. Like he was the big star in most of those, except for Kamzat, obviously was the big rising star there. But like these other guys are guys that weren't necessarily super popular. He was probably more popular than them, even Magni to a degree. Um, you know, and still was able to get some W's there. So, you know, hats off to him. He's kind of proven himself to be capable of, of swimming with the fish in this division. Tony Ferguson's an intriguing challenge for him, but it does just seem like, you know, a, a weird fight selection at that. So we'll see how it turns out. I didn't know Lee was uh, out there training at Sanford MMA now, man. I remember he spent a little time at Team Alpha Male, but uh, I he's over here training, I guess, in Florida over with um, Henry Hoofton. Not that team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even I know, like a team alpha male. I know, like Uriah's done that in the past. Sometimes where he'll have like guys from he had a, what's his name came from there too. The guy who kept saying he was gonna fuck all the bitches or something or bring him all the bitches. Well, you remember talking about? Um, Vaguely remember. Yeah, Taruto. Does that sound right? Taruto. Something, something like that. I'm sure. I don't know. Uriah goes international sometimes, but yeah, I'm, I'm I like Lee a lot, man. He's 34 years old. This is a big opportunity for him. Just, you know. And they also booked Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez at 180 pounds because, well, it's on three fucking weeks' notice. Um, so shout out to these guys trying to save the UFC from what they were trying to do intentionally to sandbag this card. Um, if you see people's names on this card, Mark, you know they ain't making shit. That's what it means. They're none of them are getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> Tony might be getting a decent check. That is it. All right, Tony probably Tony Tony might be getting like 150. I think. Um, no one else is making any money. Um, was there anything else we wanted to mention? Um, I kind of felt last week we were, was it last week that we didn't talk enough about Luke Rockhold retiring? I mean, I, we talked about that event at nauseum because there was, I don't know. I felt, I felt we didn't about. pay enough respect to how good Luke Rockhold was. So I just want to, I felt afterwards. I'm like, we're losing a guy who's really good. Who was really good. I know we didn't fight that frequently. And he now has more fans than he ever had before, oddly enough, Marcus. Like, people saying, like, they've yeah. never related to Luke Rockle before. Um, I mean, let, let, let's be brutally honest here. Like, I, I've been a huge Luke Rockhold fan. Those wheels fell off, and everyone, you know, was yeah. fine throwing that dude in the dumpster. Everybody was fine throwing that dude. No, also, people like, people never liked podcast. him either. Oh, no, we all did. Well, yeah, but. I mean, look, and I'm going to say, like, I liked Luke. I You know, when he fought Jan, no one knew who the fuck Jan was. So I was like, he's got to beat this this European dude that no one knows. And he didn't. He got smoked. And it was kind of like, oh, man, this guy's done. And then he was gone for a long time. So what I like about 
the fight. I mean, obviously, and, and again, like he's getting a lot of props. The fight wasn't like a great performance for him. It wasn't indicative of like his skill set. It was indicative of his heart and his determination. And he put, you know, he put on a great performance because he was really clawing his way to stay relevant in that fight and get some points back. And he did, right? He had moments where he came back and he did really good stuff. Um, I think so people like really, everything leading up to it, though, that whole week. Like, we kind of like, because Luke Rockhold always comes off like, look, he's a handsome guy. He models, kind of comes off sometimes as a, like a, kind of like a maybe cocky, like, yeah. pretty boy, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a cocky fuck a bit. But the whole week, the whole thing, and, like, all the stuff that Jake Paul's been doing to, like, to needle mm-hmm. Dana White. Uh, Luke Rockhold went to the event and did that on stage yeah. with everybody. So, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. But I just felt like he was really good. And I still say, people, go back and watch Luke Rockhold versus Michael Bisping 1. And I think mm-hmm. you really see the entire skill set come into play with him. And then he finishes that fight with a one-arm guillotine. Yeah. If I remember correctly, like, I mean, what I a, like about he, his retirement is that, like, he's getting the respect that he justly deserves. And that's very few fighters get that. Yeah. There are so many fighters that have, you know, put their heart and soul into this sport, have really bled, have won championships. And when they leave, they kind of fizzle out and no one really gives them, you know, it's just on to the next thing. So it's nice that after it was all said and done, everyone was giving him his props. And it was because he had you know, this real gutty performance where you really could tell he left it all in the cage, right? And yeah. I think any, I think people respect that more than anything else is like, this guy, you know, look, and again, like, it wasn't a fantastic performance. He gassed out early, you know, but he really had to show a lot of heart and grit and determination. And people like that. And I think that's something that everyone can kind of appreciate is like, look at, the skill wasn't super high in this fight. You know, the level of competition seemed sloppy, you know, even though Paulo Costa is, a, you know, a mean yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, but we, I think we came out of thinking, like, Luke, we thought less of, I thought less of Paulo Costa thinking he didn't prepare, right? That's sure. what I thought. Yeah. Look, as Luke, Luke felt like he gave us every part of anything MMA yeah. related to him, emotionally, physically, all of it. Everything yeah. came out yeah. that fight. Yeah. And, and now, you know, and now it's kind of cool because, like, look, if this fight would have gone differently and Paulo, Paulo Costa finished him in the first round, I don't know if people would be talking as highly about his legacy, but having the kind of performance he did, I think kind of changed the whole narrative on what people were thinking about him and what the kind of respect that they were giving him. So it's great. You know, I just like, I'm I'm glad that he is getting that respect and people are really looking at his past accomplishments and they're like, yeah, this guy was a champion in strike force. And, you know, I mean, cause a lot of people he don't give, both. yeah, not that's amazing. Cared who was champions in strike force. It didn't really matter nearly as much for a lot of people, but now, in, in hindsight, you know, because a lot of talent from there has gone on and, and has done great things like Luke himself, it's getting more, you know, kind of like, you know, he really he, did accomplish a lot. So he yeah, said something, awesome. he said something on the aerial show. And a lot of guys say this like type of stuff. But I he said that in my prime, I would I would smoke a lot of these dudes in the top five to ten. And I'm like, because he was like, I would smoke Paulo Costa in my prime. And I was like, yeah, Luke prime, Luke Rockhold, that skill set. Mm hmm would fuck this dude up. Because I... Not that Paulo Costa isn't good. I just thought... I thought that highly of Luke Rockhold. Like, if Luke, yep. Luke Rockhold came into that fight... Even, like, it was in Salt Lake City. But it was Luke Rockhold. Guarantee you he wouldn't have... Got, everybody gets tired in elevation. But bet your ass he wouldn't have gotten very... He would have, he would have taken him a long time for Luke Rockhold to get tired. Because he would never get yeah. tired. And like, one of Luke's greatest weapons was his kicks, right? And I think he had that car accident. I don't remember exactly when it, where in his career he had that car. But, like, his leg was severely damaged. Mm-hmm. I, he was talking in an interview. Like, they were talking about amputating it. 
that was one of that was probably striking his biggest weapon is he blasted dudes mm. with left kicks to the body and to the head that ended like his question mark kick. Those were his big stand up weapons. You know, his hands were never really the thing that won him a lot of fights. You know, in the Costa fight, we saw like he had a great left straight. He landed that on Costa repeatedly. But yeah, you know, I mean, things happen in, in a fighter's life, you know, outside things like accidents, car accidents, motorcycle accidents have curtailed a lot of great talent into being a little bit lesser than, but Luke had a, had a great foundation and really had all the skills and, you know, he, he got to the top of the mountain, you know, so, you know. Yeah, I just, you know, we kind of, like, we spent a lot of time talking about, like, Leon, obviously, that was, like, people are still talking about Leon. So that got a lot of our attention, that fight. Sure. And I, I just wanted to pay a lot of respects to Luke. And if you meet Luke in real life, he's a nice guy. Just putting that out there. Met mm -hmm. him at the uh, Las Vegas fight shop. He had just finished, like, a signing, so he was just chilling. And then some old lady, clearly there trying to buy something for her, like, grandson or son, Went up to him and asked him where to look, where to find something. And Luke's like, oh, I don't work here. I was just here signing autographs. I was like, I was, it was really adorable. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and yeah, and Sean Strickland can stop talking. Sure. Just about that. Everyone can agree yeah. about that. That's easy. Yeah. Because um, I felt he was trying to pick a fight with Luke. And I'm like, bro, just go home. Just go home. Go act like yeah. you got to get your mail with a gun or something. It's fine. Um, all right. Um, let's make some picks, huh? Yeah. We're going to France, baby. Um, we are going to... I'm assuming we're going to Paris. Let's just, you know, let's just assume that. Yeah, I'm pretty the sure. The Accor Arena in Paris, home of stuff. They got they play and concerts. You know, they do we, boxing. <laughs> we didn't talk about it last time because we didn't really have to because we weren't picking fights. But And he's not here to gloat, but, like, Mike made some moves. Mike, Mike the picked the game card. up on us, right? He picked up on. Yeah, uh, you know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I might have done the math and gave him one too many. <laughs> no, he only did. Well, he only picked. He only picked up one. <laughs> he only got one. He picked um, up one yeah, on us. He picked um, against Marab. Jose. Yeah, yeah. So I think I might have mucked that up here. Yeah. Well, um, he might be tied with me and Chalks. We might be all be in second place. Was he? Was he already tied with you or not? No, I mean, he was one down. Me and Chalks. so now he's. Yeah, you guys are all tied. So I think and we're I, all. I think, okay. I think, and I think I'm two up on you guys. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two up. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. UFC is going to Acor Arena, which has famously held the 2019 League of Legends World Championships. A sure, 2020. It's not a big deal to us, but it is a lot of the world. Uh, it'll be a venue in the 2024 Summer Olympics. Uh, it's a big yeah. arena, man. They can fit like 20,000 people there for concerts, 16,000 for boxing, probably MMA the same. Mm. So I'm hoping the UFC is lying about being on some sellout streak. So I'm sure the lie will uh, maybe be accurate this time. Um, that sellout streak's coming to a fucking grinding halt next week, by the way, if they're going to try to feed you that they sold out Vegas for Nate Diaz and Kamzat, because they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, headlined by the their countrymen, Cyril Gon. Cyril Gon, a.k.a. Bon Gamin, which, for those of you who don't speak French, means good kid. Um, some sort of slang, I take it, um, for him. But um, taking on Tai Tuivasa, the master of the shoey. I was watching random YouTube stuff on uh, with my girlfriend the other day, and uh, Tuivasa doing the shoey showed up, and she's like, "He's drinking a beer out of a shoe," and I'm like, "Yep, that's what's happening. Does it mm -hmm. all the time. It's fucking gross." And then they showed the one where the guy poured hot sauce in at one time. That person, <laughs> that person needs to be tried for war crimes. Okay, that was fucked up. 
<laughs> He's already drinking beer out of a sweaty shoe. What are you doing to him? Surreal coming back from losing a title fight to Francis Ngannou, one where he was up mm-hmm. two rounds. And then, the other, then Francis Ngannou learned how to become a wrestler and just took him down at will for three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Surreal couldn't do anything to stop it. After that fight, you and me said we'd really like to see if Surreal can beat Curtis Blades because of the way Curtis Blades fights. Sure, the man. UFC thought, hey, let's not kill him off immediately and let's send him to fight somebody he might be able to beat. A guy who has a better chance, who I have a better chance of shooting a takedown than he does, Tai Tuivasa. Tai is coming to this fight on a five-fight win streak, though, Mark. Not just five-fight. Mm-hmm. Five fights are knocking motherfuckers out. All right? Knocking out Henry Stefan Struve. Knocking I mean- out Harry Hunsucker, which... We learned a lot about Henry saw Harry Hunsucker recently. Mm. Uh, knocking out Greg Hardy. Now the more real people. Uh, no disrespect to Stefan Struve. We just know he was already half retired. Yeah. Um, Augusto Sakai knocked him out. Uh, that one was really nice. Knocked out Derek Lewis. Top five fighter right there. Three straight performance mm-hmm. of the Knights. Um, hard to deny a man a title shot after winning five fights at heavyweight. Really hard to deny a man a title shot if he wins six fights at heavyweight, including the guy currently ranked... I think he's the number one contender. Two or one, yeah. Like, I don't know. Do I don't know if Stipe is even in the rankings yeah, anymore. That's the only question, really. Uh, Stipe is somehow two to Sorrell's okay. one. Then, so we got one versus three. Ty's ranked three, so I guess I shouldn't complain too much. We're going mm-hmm. Francis followed by Sorrell, Stipe, Ty, and Curtis Blades. Um, heavyweight got some boys, man. Heavyweight got some boys. Uh, betting odds for this one are heavily, heavily in Sorrell Gon's favorite favor. Mm-hmm. Coming into this one at a resounding God best fight odds. Be faster. Minus 540 on DraftKings, plus 420 on uh, for Yuvasa. That's minus nice. 620 on FanDuel, plus 400 for Ty. And uh, those of us betting on Bovada are just looking, wondering why, why isn't it on there. But that's a big fucking underdog. Big fucking underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus, I got Cyril. Mm-hmm. Mike also got Cyril. Um, I will be also be betting $20 on Toy Vasa by knockout, though, because fuck, man, weirder shits happened. But um, five-round fight, man. I don't know if Ty's got five rounds of cardio. Um, Cyril does, so long as you don't take him down. Um, but I just think he's going to pick him apart, probably wins by decision, or he gets a late stoppage. That's what I got for Cyril. What do you got, buddy? Uh, yeah, I mean, much of the same. I mean, there's a reason why the line is the way it is. You know, stylistically, this shouldn't be a a good stylistic fight for Ty. I mean, the guy likes to stand up. Well, what I do like going into this fight for him is that, you know, when he went into the Lewis fight, you know, what I was seeing was two very similar fighters. You know, two guys with where the skill set is not super high, but, you know, have the knockout power in spades. And Ty won that fight in the clinch. So it's kind of like, okay, that's not something I necessarily thought, you know, he was particularly strong in. So it is going to be interesting to see if they do end up in clinches, how he's going to do there. You know, is Cyril going to be able to control him? Is he going to be pushing him up against the cage? Is he going to be able to land knees and slow Ty down? Or is Ty going to be able to, you know, utilize his weight and, you know, have him push up against the cage and maybe land a big elbow well, like he so did. Cyril's a Muay Thai guy, right? He came from Muay Thai. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, don't want to clinch with those dudes necessarily, right? I'm just putting that out there. But yeah, 
If that's where you but find success, I, that's where you find success. You're, he's going to have a harder time on the outside with Gon. Mm -hmm. Gon is going to control the outside. He's going to pick him apart with jabs. He's going to pick him apart with straights. I think it's going to Ty's going to have a hard time getting into range and landing a big shot. I feel like his best avenue to success is to get in those clinches, where he's going to you know be in range to land something. You know, it's not that he has to necessarily be in the pocket to score. You know, he can hurt you lunging in. But I think with a guy like Gon, who's so good with his feet and is so good at managing that space, you're going to have a hard time catching him on the outside. He's going to have to, I feel, you know, get inside and land a big shot. And I think if they're in the clinch, at least then he's going to have an opportunity. I do think Cyril Gon is going to be able to tie him up pretty good, not allow him. But, you know, sometimes when you're exiting out of the clinch, you can land something on, you know, on the way out. So we'll see. I, and we're all going with Gon. I think the smart money... And that's why the line is so crazy is on him winning this. But when you have a guy like Ty with the power that he carries, you know, he could beat anyone, you know, just given the slightest opportunity to, to land that big strike. So you'll have a fighting shot until the very end. But it's hard to imagine that technically on the outside, he's going to be able to manifest a lot of opportunities for him to land that big shot. So we'll see. I think it's an interesting fight. You know, um, I've been impressed with Gone. And it'll be interesting to see if this goes into late waters too, if ties, you know, how that gas tank is going to, you know, hold up. Uh, and again, you know, he also in France, you know, he's going to have the crowd behind him as well. So there's going to be a lot of outside factors going towards Gon's favor. So it's, it's hard to pick Ty, but you know, I, I'm not going to write him off. You know, he definitely has the power to finish this fight. So we'll see. It's going to be a tough one though, for sure. Um, we got the Italian dream here in the co-main event, Marvin Vittori. Fighting pretty mm -hmm. close to home, quite frankly. Coming off of a bounce-back win over Paulo Costa, which mm -hmm. happened at light heavyweight because Paulo said, fuck it, I'm not cutting weight. Nope, he's like, uh, I can't make this at I all. Just, I can't make it. Uh, that was my favorite part of those press conferences with Luke yelling over at Paulo. Are you going to make fucking weight? Are you? Let me know now. Are you going to fucking make weight? He did. Uh, he looked great. He, he got shredded, yeah. He, well, didn't he see clearly easy, didn't see he the did treadmill uh, to get the cardio going, but... Um, bounce back from losing to Israel Adesanya, a performance which taught us all that uh, Marvin Vittori is delusional uh, because he thought he won. And uh, mm -hmm. I think he lost all the rounds. That might have been yeah. what happened legitimately, um, I think. Um, I I'm trying to pull it up real quickly to be uh, accurate here. It was uh, not super memorable. All the rounds. Mm -hmm. He lost all the rounds. It, uh, Adesanya was making faces. About, uh, well, Vittori failed at taking him down, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, making faces, pulling, doing his Anderson Silva gimmick. Um, that's uh, betting odds for this one, though. He's taking on Bobby Knuckles. I should have been clear mm -hmm. there. Bobby Knuckles, last fight was also against Izzy Adesanya. Hasn't fought since February. That was a close fight. I don't think people talk mm -hmm. enough about how close it actually was. Um, sorry, got a little dog. My dog here is coughing a bunch. Um, that was a really close fight. Bobby Knuckles is not that far, Marcus, I truly believe, uh, from getting there. Um, he won two rounds out of five on two of the judges' scorecards. So, mm -hmm. Betting odds for this one. Bobby Knuckles coming into this one. Minus 230 to 195 for Vittori on DraftKings. Minus 245 to plus 186 on FanDuel. Does DraftKings just pay better? Fuck. Um, Mike's got Bobby Knuckles. I got Bobby Knuckles. I don't pick Bobby Knuckles to lose fights to people not named Israel Adesanya. I'm just going to blanket statement. Until he loses to somebody else in this weight class, 
I will not be picking against Bobby Knuckles. Who do you got? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with you too. I think Vittori can present some interesting problems here. And obviously, if he can implement his wrestling and get Whitaker down, that could really change the landscape of these fights. But on the feet, in and of itself, I think he's going to have, you know, a marked advantage. You know, he has a great jab. He can control the outside pretty well. He does like to throw some kicks too. So, you know, Marvin is probably, I imagine the game plan is going to be pressure, try to get Whitaker to throw an ill-advised low kick that he can shoot a double off of or something and, and get the fight down because I think that's where he's going to have his best chances. If he, if he can implement his wrestling, which is kind of his strong suit, he's going to have a fighting chance. Now, he does fight at Southpaw. It does throw some people off a little bit. His stand-up is not bad, but Bobby Knuckles just seems like the more well-rounded fighter in that regard on the stand-up. So, we'll see. You know, I, I think Vittori has a shot here. It's going to be difficult, though. He's going to have to kind of ground Whitaker and take rounds that way. And, and we kind of know, you know, with the scoring criteria, he'll have to do more than just, you know, get on top of him. Um, unless that's literally all that happens the entire round. Then That's maybe all. That's the only play, That's the only chance he has. You think yeah, that can't I mean, stand with him? That's a terrible yeah, I mean, idea. <laughs> his, it, he has decent stand-up. He has power, you know, but he's going to technically be in a tough spot where Whitaker is just so much more technically better than him and has more tools there. It's going to be hard for him to land that shot, you know, but I, he's going to have to engage in that. He's going to have to stand up with him a little bit and try to get Whitaker to throw something when he's off center or when he's not, you know, where he has a decent angle to, to shoot off of. I think that's going to be the whole game plan or just pressure him and, and try to, you know, cause that's the one thing with Marvin is that like, look at like, he doesn't have the skills maybe with these top, top guys, but he does pressure people really well. You know, he does go forward quite often. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I definitely think Whitaker is going to have the advantage. I think, he, I think he's going to control the outside. He's 10 wins. And oh, you got the same guy then. We're clean sweeping these both. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. No um, we got uh, we got 10 wins and two losses, both to Adesanya since Whitaker's gone to middleweight. Mm-hmm. That being said, Vittori uh, in the UFC, which has been entirely at middleweight, mm-hmm. um, he is eight and eight, three and one. Got a draw with some guy named mm-hmm. Omari Ahmedov, and he's got two losses to Izzy and one to Antonio Carlos Jr. That doesn't look so, look so awesome, but Carlos Jr. was good back in twenty, you know, twenty seventeen. Sure. Wasn't twenty sixteen? Not a bad fighter. Um, rest of this card isn't great necessarily. Um, I wanted to see real quickly if anybody's people were actually from, you know, from France. Um, because I did make the joke that they're just sending MacDessy over there because he might speak French. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Alessio De Chirico, Roman Kopilov. Uh, we got Italy versus Russia. This might just be pure international card. No, I'm looking at it. Yeah, it might be a European centric. I mean, you want to, you want to, you want to. You want to fill it on. We got Joaquin Buckley on the undercard. We got, um, I was looking for somebody else I recognized. Didn't. But we got uh, Lineker, who's Canadian from Quebec. Uh, Nasrat Haxbarat from Germany. Al Air Jordan, also from Quebec. Charles Jordan coming off of that really close fight with uh, Shane Burgos. Which, quite frankly, I think you could argue that he won, to be honest. Um, Nathaniel Wood from England. Good fighter there. Um, Abus Magomedov from Germany. A lot of German representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Stoltfuss, uh, fighting from the United States. I think they put him on this card because they saw his name and said, this guy must be from over there. 
Um, Faraz Ziam is from France. Uh, Mikhail Figlak, Poland. Nasruddin Imabov, also France. Buckley, also from Saint, from the U.S. So I mean, they got some guys. Hopefully, uh, then again, if I go see the UFC and I'm from France, I didn't come to see the fucking, you know, these dudes. Like, send me, like, someone I know. You know what I mean? Don't give me your <laughs> local indie talent. Yeah, France. it's one or the other, though, because, I mean, a, lo- a local crowd is going to eat up anytime someone's from France, right? So, I mean, you kind of get why they're doing it. But, yeah, I mean, not a fantastic card. It is a fight night, you know. So, I mean, for that kind of standard, we have at least two very, you know, quality fights that actually have some some meaning in their divisions. Now, it's hard with Whitaker and Vittori to think, where does a win for either of these guys really get them? And that's kind of why we were talking about earlier about Whitaker potentially moving up to 205 because... I don't know if an, if a trilogy match with Izzy for either of those gentlemen is super appealing. So it does seem like they're kind of running up against the wall. But the gone uh, tie fight, you know, could could have varied when we talked about before the yeah. Th- these guys the are show. fighting for the opportunity. Who gets to be the Joseph Benavides of this weight class? Though I've thought yeah. Robert Whitaker had that position. He's defending his Joseph Benavidedness title to, right. against Marvin Vittori. But, but uh, what I was saying is the main event easily could have been for an interim belt. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we all know that the main event is going to – the rumor – everybody's rumor is Jones versus Stipe at the end of the year. And that's an interim uh, belt is what that would ha- and That's assuming they can't get Jones and Francis together. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, Stipe, who hasn't fought since – when the fuck did he lose the belt? Yeah, a couple of years it seems. I was going to say at maybe? least a year minimum. Yeah, maybe it was 21, yeah. It's hard to, well, I, hard I, mean, I don't think, I don't think Francis only fought once since he won the belt. So Might be right. I don't know. Um, we got a call out, by the way, Apollo Costa. Tiago Santos, um, who's fighting at light heavyweight still. Yeah. Uh, Moretta. So is he going to move up? I don't know. He just said that uh, yeah. he was when they were cutting weight um, at some card, when the way they were on the same one together, said that he was in the hot uh, he was in the hot tub and his teammate were, went to the cold tub and they were throwing a fucking party and it was... I don't know. Tiago takes his career seriously, unless, unlike Paulo does and the UFC is really? going back to Brazil for the first time in a long time, since pre-COVID, actually. Mm. They're going back to Rio to end, in uh, pay-per-view. UFC uh-huh. 283 in January. They can make he, wants to fight him. he wants to go Brazil versus Brazil, baby. I mean, if he wants to go down, honestly, tell Paulo Costa he's not the cut weight. He'll be fucking thrilled, right? Like that's Yeah, I mean, he didn't look great at 205, but I think there's a lot this of... This is the last fight on Paulo's contract, too. Mm. Which we all thought it was the last fight before. And he's like, oh, wait, I have one more. And I'm like, oops. All right. Contracts are complicated. Yeah. Well, honestly, that last fight wasn't so great for you anyway, buddy. Um, all right. I think we're doing stuff we like, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Um, I've been kind of just watching stuff I was already watching. I'm another, mm. I'm, we don't, we're not going to get into She-Hulk every week. because Yeah, we don't need to do a recap yeah. every week. We'll talk but I'm really it. enjoying it. That's all I'll say. Really Same. enjoying it. Did you end up watching? I don't remember if you watched The Bear or not. No, it looked interesting. It looked it's fun. A good show. Like it's a lot of yelling because it's a kitchen stuff and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I've now watched four episodes, and like, I kind of like at first I was like, "What are we doing here?" It just seems like a lot of seems yelling. Seems like it's a downer. It seems like that main character in all the trailers is just always like on the verge of depression. Were you a, a shameless guy at any point in your life? Were you no, watching any shameless? Yeah, no, okay. So he was, it almost feels like a little bit like that character. Like he's kind of a savant, okay. but it's with cooking this time. Everybody plays their role really well in the show. And Oliver Platt has got like a, is like a supporting character in some episodes. 
Uh-huh. And uh, you know I'm a big Oliver Platt guy. Oliver Platt's mm-hmm. right up there with Rickman for me as one of my actors. I thought it's a really good, uh, really good show. I'm enjoying. I'm about. Ha- I think it's gonna. Be, I think it's eight episodes or six. I'm either two thirds or halfway through okay. it. That's not bad. Um, and this is just a little life tip for everybody. Saturday is movie theater day or something. Right, and the third. It's yeah, third this Saturday, and AMC, Cinemark, and uh, Regal. Not every location, but it seems like they're participating. I checked uh, my theater. $3 tickets, anything on a Saturday. Is cool. there anything you want to see? Well, I did. Uh, I was going to go see Bullet Train. I was thinking. Oh, yeah. That one doesn't look too bad. But it's going to be 107 degrees. Yeah, and, but not in the theater. That well, here's the thing. Cool. Not when I saw the last movie I went to. The one before that, AC oh, no. was not on. So oh, I don't know. I don't know if that was like it wasn't that bad of a day, but it got warm in there, bro. Yeah, it's um, a lot of people. There's a lot of people, and I'm thinking like, if I end up in that theater and there's no AC, my final breath cannot be taken inside of a movie theater, Mark. I won't <laughs> feel good about myself. I can't no. die in there. Um, but yeah, that's a thing that's going on, and I'm sure I watched something else and I've now forgotten. So, but that's what I got this week. What do you got, bro? <laughs> yeah, uh, not a lot on my docket too. I think I did mention last week uh, the reboot of Saints Row came out, mm-hmm. and it's kind of being panned critically. Um, and I don't really understand. Uh, it seems to me this is a swimming in sevens type of game. Like it should, it. Sh- I feel like it's a seven, seven point five type of game. It is very much just like Saint Row, Saints Row three kind of. It's not super crazy like we talked about. It's not like four where you're flying around and you're a superhero and the president. It's a little bit more grounded, but like. I've enjoyed it. You know, it it does not break the mold. It is very much those games to a T. They added a few bells and whistles here. I do think like the destruction in the game is kind of cool. There's been a couple times where I've gotten in like a monster truck and like crushing other cars in the monster truck feels good. Like they don't blow up. You kind of crush them just like they do in like the monster truck rallies, which I thought was fun. Some of the destruction I've done has been satisfying, but a lot of the structure of the game is go here, shoot that drive this car over there and you're kind of done or whatever. But I will say I kind of like the characters. I mean, the premise is basically you room with three other people and two of them are from rival gangs and you kind of start out in one of the different gangs and basically you all come together to start your own gang. And I, I like the, the characters. I thought they'd been kind of fun. You know, he's not a saint. They, they basically create the saints. And I oh, think we're retconning this, it with yeah, a totally yeah, different it's like, story. It's like okay. So the saints don't really, exist they make their own gang they do it in a church and they call themselves the saints and and they decide to wear purple for everything um but i've enjoyed it you know i could say like if you are a little on the fence like maybe you played some of those games and they were fun but you don't want to spend you know the full price i don't behead you at that wait until it's on sale i think this game at 30 bucks is a great buy um, you know, at full po- price at 60, you know, it might be a bit m- much to chew, but I've enjoyed it. You know, are all the reviews bad or just some of them you saw were bad? So there has been some fluctuation. I've seen some, some places give it like an eight and say like, you know, this is a fun game. This is a fun bedrock to start off a new series or whatever. Uh, but there's, you know, it's an open world game. There's some jank. Ooh, 63. Uh, yeah. The, the shooting isn't super great. Uh, but like I said, like, like 63 is lower than I would rate the game. You know, it kind of just is what it is. It is it, dude, There's some wide ranges, though. I'm looking like yeah. Gaming Nexus gave it a 95. That seems too high. But Well, honestly, they might be looking at the view of like, what was this game's purpose? Well, right, fucking home yeah. run, bro. Um, 
But then, like, I'm looking at the other end of it. Dex, uh, Dexer, is Dexer, uh, Dexerto, 70? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There, there's some... Um, I don't know which one. I'm in front of the Game Pro Germany. Sounds like it's a real place. 65. <clears throat> Hardcore Gamer, 60. Comicbook.com, yeah. 60. I don't know what the people's expectations were. It, that might be it, what you're saying, I think. Like, yeah, it, what did they think was going to gonna me, happen? Yeah, to me, it's like, okay, the game has bugs. That is fair. Like, it, it, I think when I was making my character, it crashed on me, which kind of sucks. I was like, you know, spending my time adjusting all the sliders to get the character to look. I always make them like myself. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I will say in that regard, like, if you want to make a freak, like, they let your freak button fly. Like, you can do all kinds of stupid, crazy stuff with the character and make them look. And I think that's kind of the novelty of this game, too, is, like, you make this weird, kooky character, and they're in all the cutscenes, you know? And it's kind of, that is yeah, still kind they, of a Yeah, it's novelty. always been like that, right? Like, that's yeah. always been a thing. I was I always thought Saints Row knew what it was. Like, I thought they knew what kind of game they're making. Yeah. And, like, and I just kind I of think, liked it for what it was. This is, like, yeah. it was, like... It's like the snakes. It's like the snakes on the plane of video games. It's like sure. they're not like we're not trying to make a fucking Oscar winner. No, we're not what we're yeah. doing here. And like, they're <laughs> and they're not. Like, I think that I think it got panned because, like, look at there are glitches and issues with the game. Like, it's crashed on me a few times. There's that's been legitimate, a few issues. That's legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think one of the things that is poor about the game is like their checkpoints and missions aren't great. So if you fail a mission, it has the it basically says like, oh, do you do you want to restart the mission? Or do you want to start from a checkpoint? Like, oh, I want to start from the checkpoint. I want to redo the whole... And a lot of times I end up doing the whole goddamn... The whole thing basically over again. So there's legitimate issues. I think it is getting panned because, like, it is not trying to change the mold enough. And I think a lot of people are just like, you need... It almost seems like the bar is being raised more than it was previously. Like, for me, this they, is they went, I thought they went for a nostalgic play. And then, I mean, and kind then, of. And, and I, I feel like maybe some of the more negative reviews are like, this doesn't cut it anymore. Like, you need to be doing more than... Oh, like, we're going to make an example this, of this one? I mean, maybe. I don't I don't know for sure. I mean, look, if you think it's a six, like, I can't argue that. Like, it's not so I mean, great, I'm going to buy... I, I, I know I'm going to get it eventually. Yeah. You know me. I, I like the Saints Row guys. Yeah. I'm probably, I, I may not get it immediately, but I'm going to get I it. I don't think you should. I, I think because you're not... You don't, you don't need to play games the, the moment they come out. This is one you could sit on, and I think when it comes out, you're like, "Oh, this is fun." This is, I mean, it is what it is. Um, mm. I will say, I kind of like the characters. Your your little crew of people, I think they have some depth, and they're kind of fun or kooky or interesting at the very least. You know, they're not as crazy as like Gat, where Gat was almost like was as crazy as the protagonist, where he's like jumping out of windows and doing as crazy shit as your character is doing. Everyone else is a little bit more grounded than your character, but I don't. know. I, I found it fun. I haven't even gotten super far into the game. I'm still unlocking some of the more base stuff and I can start to see the repetition kind of playing itself out. You know, I am a lot of times you're just driving over here and shooting guys and that was enjoyable at first, but it does seem like it's kind of playing itself out a little bit, but I am kind of hoping that it'll mix itself up a little bit. I'll start using different guns or something. I, I think the customization in this game is, is kind of interesting. What they showed in the trailers is like being able to fully change how your gun looks. So some people have like a rocket launcher that looks like a, a guitar case. Like uh, what was that movie, Bob Desperado a Desperado. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, if you can do kind of kooky stuff like that more often, it could be, that could kind of, you know, change it up a little bit, but yeah, overall I'm enjoying the game. It, it's nothing amazing. You know, I don't think if you weren't already interested in this game, it's going to blow you away or anything, but I do think it's fun. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, it wasn't even something like particularly new. I mentioned uh, me and Christine started watching Dropout, or we got a subscription to Dropout, which is the College Humor paid streaming service. And it was definitely something I thought, like, there's a couple shows on here we wanted to check out. 
And maybe once we blow through those, I'd stop the subscription. At this point, I really don't know if I'm going to cancel the subscription. I've The more stuff I've watched, the more I've enjoyed it. And it's kind of become, of the streaming services I have, like the one I'm utilizing the most right now, and I'm getting the most mileage out by far. And it's kind of an interesting wrinkle in kind of, I mean, because it, it almost seems to me like I am paying for a streaming service, but it almost seems like I'm doing a Patreon where it's like, obviously, this is not a big conglomerate. This is kind of a smaller website. I don't know who they're owned by. They could be owned by somebody huge. But it does seem like subscribing means more to them than it does Netflix. And the stuff they put out, I personally enjoy a lot. You know, the variety that they have, I enjoy more, a higher percentage of the stuff they have than like a lot of the other streaming services, which are casting a wider net, right? Because they're trying to appeal to the masses and I think College Humor kind of knows what its target audience likes and can make programming for that. So I mentioned in the past, they have a couple game shows. Um, Actually, is kind of like a geek trivia show, which I really enjoyed. And then we recently just watched kind of a challenge reality show called Total Forgiveness, where two of the people at College Humor, uh, College Humor have huge student loan debt. And the whole premise of the show is they're challenging each other to do kind of like crazy or stuff that they're afraid to do. Um, and if they do it, they get increasingly more larger amounts of money to pay off their student debt. So one, I think it's an interesting way to shine a light on a huge problem that, you know, has been in the news lately because, you know, we passed some legislation to try to help curb that, you know, horrible, you know, situation that a lot of people have found themselves in. And then the show itself being kind of like this reality show really took like a dark turn because one of the guys that does it this guy grant he's this tall goofy motherfucker that like he just loves attention it seems like nothing really phases him and like the show broke him like they he had to do some shit where he was like basically one of the where it started was one of the challenges was he had to sell like he's in debt he owns he uh, owes like ninety thousand dollars and if you know anything about student loans, like you're always just paying your interest. So your debt never goes down. You're just in the hole constantly. Um, so one of his challenges was to take all of his worldly possessions and try to sell them at a uh, flea market. And if he would, if he was able to generate a thousand dollars, he would have won, won the challenge. And, and when they were doing this, I was like, fuck it. What's probably going to happen is he's going to sell the most valuable stuff he has, because this is the stuff that people want, his couch, his bed, his TV. He's not going to make $1,000, so he's going to lose the challenge, and he's going to lose all the shit he actually needs to like function and be like somewhat happy. That's exactly what happened. And it slowly broke him. Um, and then at the end, they kind of all made it up, and, and everything was good. Um, but it, it had that drama. It had that kind of reality TV show drama I wasn't expecting from this type of service. So yeah, I, I, it's just been surprising. I thought this was something that we'd watch a few of the shows we got hooked on, and we would quickly dump it. And now I just feel like I'm supporting, you know, a brand of, you know, comedy and video streaming that I really liked and the new shows they've been bringing on. I've been enjoying this. So it's like, shit, I might stick around, you know? So yeah. That's stuff I How like much was it? I think it's, I want to say like five ninety nine or seven ninety nine. So like, it's not super expensive, but it's not very cheap, you know, for, you know, you're not getting, big movies or stuff like that it's really just these series they come up with but there's some there's somewhat of a budget to them you know it's not like they're working off shoestrings or anything college humor is a big youtube channel and has been for a while with i think they have like 20 million subscribers so it's not like they got nothing um 
but it just surprised me. I, I really didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I have, and it's pretty much a go-to now. Like basically, we watch YouTube and we'll jump on to Dropout um, to catch stuff, and you know, Netflix and Netflix and Disney Plus is just like when we know there's a particular show that we're interested in, we'll binge that and then go back to those two. So yeah, that's what I got this week. Um. All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, yep. We're gonna be back next week. Uh, we're gonna preview. I think we're pre- is it Nate and Kamzat? It or is. is. Nothing, or is there nothing? No, no, it's Nate. It's the tenth. So that's gonna be next week. Okay. Yep. Um, we're gonna talk about that. I'm gonna see if anybody's mm-hmm. gonna pull the trigger. Um, if Mike had fallen farther behind, I think he would. On oh, picking Nate. Go for Nate. I think yeah, it would have, but I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna do it now. I mean we're all um, really close. We're just we're one we're one down from you, so we got one? It's gotta I thought be it was strategic. two. No, I think it's one because you you and me were one in three. Okay. I meant like and then Mike was wait, two I meant two. I meant how many games oh, I no, 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 you're up. up. I'm sorry, Bob. You're up two. You're up two. Okay. Yeah, you're up two all and right. everyone else is we're all tied down below two. So yeah, I got we'll like have to one. make some strategic I, like, I got, I got, I got, I got 52 or 51, yeah. 52. You're, you're 50, you're I'm, 50, I'm 50. And 23. No, I'm 50. I only got one, right? Jesus. Yeah. And we we he, all got one, right? And Mike got, uh, got two. two. Yeah. Cause yeah. we got, I made money on Tybora, but I didn't pick Tybora. Way to go. Yeah. Bobby. Well, that's the thing. Uh, that's what happens when you pick on Monday and actually do your research on Thursday. Um, yeah. all right. We'll be back next week. We're going to see if anybody picks Nate Diaz. Uh, spoiler alert, I will not be picking Tony Ferguson. Uh, that is not what I will be doing. Uh, just letting you guys know. Mark has not made such a commitment yet. Um, I can't imagine I will. I'm just saying that uh, Tony's plus 225 and Lee is minus 265. So me and the betting community on the side of Lee. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we're going to talk about that next week. We'll see if anybody sees a movie. Um, I'm going to see if I can find a way to watch Top Gun. That's that shit I want to see, Mark. Mm, it might still yeah. be in theaters. There's 3,000 years of... There are ways. Yeah. There are ways. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, back next week, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. Lavender Goom should be back next week. Peace out. See ya. So, like, this part of the show, it's normally Mike that's babbling. It's just me and you now. So Mike got some nonsense he would say here. Now it's just us. And I've well, not got enough. Well, I don't have anything this week. You know what I can say right now for the people who are staying through the credits? Next week, we're going to introduce a new segment where oh, we're going to yeah. have some fun. I don't want to give away too much, but when we say this is a new segment, just know you are ahead of the game. Peace That's out. That's true. See ya.